Diplomacygames.com. I'm yes. Kana. I'm Amby. And today we're having drinks at the Osborne Hotel. Yeah, which is um, had a recent renovation and um, it was pretty trendy. Oh, that's fucking hot here, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon this would be a wicked place to drink in the winter. It would be great in the winter, yeah. yeah. Especially um, get a couple of, you know, little burners out or heaters or whatever. And... Well, isn't that what these things are? Little heaters on the wall. Oh, I so, thought they were TVs. Nah, they're heaters. <laughs> <laughs> so set the scene. We're it's 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 a it's a semi-enclosed outdoor courtyard, enclosed in that it's got a sunroof on top, which keeps the heat in. It kind of gives you a good idea of what the greenhouse effect's really about. <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and there's oh, there's big hanging pot plants up there, and some misters pretty much every oh, let's say. Four or five meters along the wall because they need it. Because they need it, yeah. <laughs> and of course, lots and lots of Christmas decorations because this is uh, Christmas, almost Christmas time. Man. Christmas in Australia, it's always fucking hot. Yeah, it's stinking hot. Uh, heat middle of the middle of a heat wave. Although it wasn't as hot this year so far as it was last year. Last year was stinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're meant to have a lot more rain this this year, so haven't seen much lately. But hey, I've been away. So what are you drinking, Kana? I'm drinking a Boston Lager. I'm assuming from Boston. How about you? I am drinking. I couldn't. I when I kind of I initially I mentioned to you. I had. Kano was running a little bit late today, which is very rare because he's usually he's the first guy here. Normally, yes. Normally, yeah. So I had a, a, a sneaky tempranillo, and I was really, really disappointed. So I'm not even going to bother the listeners around that one. But then I, and I haven't tried this one yet, and I saw it on the menu, and I thought this sounds awesome. It's by a um, vineyard called Some Young Punks. And it's called Naked on Roller Skates. <laughs> it's a Shiraz Mataro from Clare Valley in South Australia. So oh, it's a clever name, anyway. So, what's yeah. it taste like? Find out. Tastes like being naked on roller skates. <laughs> Whatever that tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what they, what they just decided. What they going to, What's that taste like? Fuck if I know. <laughs> is it like being naked on roller skates? Of course it is. Okay. It's not too bad. It's not brilliant, but it's not too bad. Um, and yeah, like we said, this is our Christmas special. Yes. Um, managed to find a bit of time in, in our busy holidays uh, to catch up and have a natter about what's happening around the world of diplomacy. Yeah. Yep. It has been busy. And, and look, apologies for the lateness of the, of the podcast just being. I had planned to get it out ages ago, but ran out of time due to work, and then also going on holidays, and then physically being on holidays, obviously I couldn't put it out. Yes. So, so away on a, a um, on a cruise, on a luxury again. cruise. Ah, uh, I wouldn't say luxury, but it was pretty nice. Every cruise is luxury, I suppose. I've yeah. never been on one though. Yeah, good. Yeah. Although I think now after two years of um, two cruises, I'll have a break for a little while. Do something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I think um, Mrs. Amby wants us to go uh, camping in Easter, so we'll probably go down to Lake Mugara because we quite like it down there. It's a yes. beautiful campground there, the mountains, the lake, yep. rolling green fields and all that type of shit. So um, I think we've booked for that. Okay. But then nothing else except um, in 
until I think the end of next year. So um, for those of you who are outside of Australia, you're probably not going to understand this concept at all. My, um, my son is in the final year next year, in 2018, of um, final year of high school. Year 12. Year 12. Yep. And at the end of year 12 in Australia, what do all the kids do? Well, they get together for schooly weeks and get pissed. That's a big, it's a big party, isn't it? Yeah. Unless the parents can tempt them somewhere else. That's usually. right. So that's yep. what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Amby Jr. and I will be going to the US in uh, November, December next year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fantastic. That's so, great. Uh, oh, sorry. And, and a little bit of Canada. I think he wants to go to Vancouver. Lovely. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> do you know why he wants to go to Vancouver? No. No, it's because that's where they film all the TV shows for the, um, uh, what's called the Arrowverse, which is like all the DC Comics TV shows that they film over there. Well, they film that in Vancouver, do they? They film in Vancouver, yeah. So oh, um, we're okay. doing a bit of a walking around, street tour, checking things out. Is that is that part of the Marvel or is that part of the... DC. DC, yeah. Okay. Right. And then it's off to um, Orlando. Go back to Disney World. We went there when he was a lot younger. Yeah. He actually wants to Experience as a, as, well, a as, a, as a young adult, but also yeah. longer term, he wants to um, go. There's a, a program, I think, that exists where you can go there for about a six months or a year or whatever like that, like a, um, I think it's like an internship. So what, yeah, at, at Disneyland. Yeah, Disney World, yeah. Disney World internship. Yeah, but you, you, have to, you have to be doing a particular course at university, which is what he wants to do, which is like international uh, hotel management or something. Hotel management? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yep. Oh, great. Yeah, that's right. Check it out. Yeah. And then we've, got, we've decided we're going to go one other place, but we haven't decided where yet. So, um, uh, my wife would say West Coast somewhere. Well, we'll think we'll fly into LA because most flights from Australia go straight into LA. Yeah. But I don't know from there. Now, what I, mean, I mean, I've done LA before, but I won't say I've done it. It's like two or three days, so there's got to be more to. LA was hellish when I yeah, went yeah. through it. <laughs> what a horrible airport. Um, yeah, that was a. On the flight back, I remember going back a few years, there was our airport terminal, they actually had, whilst people were was packed for some it's always packed there, I guess. Yeah. But they were doing maintenance, like power machinery maintenance in the waiting <laughs> lobby. So people have to wait for their airport, but there's power machinery going on. Could have been worse. Could have been like in the lounge, you know, where you pay good money for that. <laughs> yes. It's like fucking no. Actually, I think when I was last in LA airport, they were doing some type of a maintenance work there as well. Oh, what a surprise. When, when, when were you there? Um... I was would have been June, July 2011 was the last time I was there. No, it would have been after that. All oh, right. Yeah. Well, obviously they didn't fix the job when I was there. <laughs> still going. Still going. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I suppose we don't really want to talk too much about American infrastructure. No, 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 About no. diplomacy after Diplomacy, all. back to diplomacy. So you said that um, the mobile interface that came out on um, VDIP, it's been having a bit of discussion on the WebDIP forum. Oh, yeah. So, well... I'm fairly certain that it was being developed for WebDIP, but they trialled it on VDIP first. Right, yep. And um, they ironed out a whole heap of bugs, of course. Yep. Um, but WebDIP being a web, bit more vocal in their forum postings than we are at VDIP, they've obviously come across a, a whole heap more little bugs and issues. And, and of course, there's always that knee jerk reaction oh, God, it's something new, I fucking hate it. 
but I think a lot of people are coming around to it. I think um, it's actually interesting, sorry if I'm going to just digress for a moment, but on the same topic, around the nature of the forums between VDIP, WebDIP and PlayDIP, I think you have different type of people gravitate towards those sites based on the forums. Okay, yes, you've got a different gaming experience in each of those sites. Yes. But for those who want to go to, I don't know, just want to have a little, not so much a bit of a, uh, a quiet, reserved reflection, but a little bit more introspective is on VDIP. People don't kind of, you know, flame each other as much. But it's very eclectic, you know what I mean? It's a bit less volatile yeah. in the uh, discussions, I think. So VDIP, that, yep. compared to, say, WebDIP, which is incredibly volatile, really, really burns through posts very, very quickly. Yes, there's always and, something going on in the And PlayDip is like this very structured environment where you have to kind of work out where you meant to post. And, 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 and for once yes. you're actually there, it gets quite busy there as well. But. I think of all, of all three, I think you find VDIP is probably the quietest on the forum. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking, as, as we're talking, um, we won't go into the full Christmas. Actually, no, pause it. I'll come back to this Christmas thing later. Okay, move on. Remind me, move on. Uh, the other thing that's happening over at um, WebDIP is that there's a WebDIP um, annual prize giveaway. Oh yeah, so what are they Zulta, doing? Well, Zulta, being yep. um, a bit of a plus one bore that he is, yes. um, has pretty much... So give, give me as many plus ones and I'll give you a prize. <laughs> yeah, essentially, you know. Um, yeah, every, every ten plus ones that he gets on this particular thread, he gives away points to people, so... Oh, is this kind of like the equivalent for Ollie? Whenever you used to send him like a, a, a postcard, whenever one of his kids got born, you got like a little star or a gold medal or something next to your name. That's right. Did um, you get one of those? I did. That? I do. Yeah, I think I got some of those um, too. I, 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 hang on, I need to check my little. Yes, I do have one of those. I've got a little um, developer icon, and I've got a little. Um, if I can find any posts that I, I can't, I can't remember what the icons are. One's a developer icon. One, I think, is like a, you sent me a postcard when one of my kids was born. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little bronze medallion or something. And actually, I, I really like that idea um, because when when that, I can't, I can't remember if it was a boy or a girl, when they kind of grow up to a certain age, you'd be like, look at all these postcards around the world people kind of writing to saying, hey, so happy you've been born. <laughs> give me a little medallion. <laughs> give, me a, give me a little couple of pixels on my... Anyway. <laughs> but, oh, anyway, so um, it's the third year that this has been running on WebDip and they give away prizes. Okay. Um, so for every 10 plus ones he gets, he, um, he adds additional prizes to the, um, to the thread. So that's Zolta celebrating Christmas in a WebDip kind of way. Very good. Yes. So um, other news... Uh, probably more a VDIP thing, and, and and you know I know we've been spending a bit of time talking about VDIP, but we probably hang out at VDIP more often than not. There's been um, a couple of forum posts recently about two new uh, variants that are in development. Yes. One that has been one that had been prior conversation that was the divided states variant, which I cannot wait until it comes out. It is just mind blowing. If you yeah. if you love a good map and you love a massive game, then Divided States is going to be the one that everyone is going to want to play. But that's good, because you need everyone to play, because you need 50 players. It's a huge, huge map. Or is it, or is it more than 50 players? Is it is the Canadian provinces in there too? Uh, I can't no, I'm fairly certain it's just the American states. Oh, okay. Pretty sure. Yep. Um, 
but it's got it's got these it's got sea it's, it's, it's a mega size map but the um, what I read most recently is he's culled some of the uh, territories down because there was a hard limit on the amount of territories you could actually have. Yeah, I can't remember if it was the is it the 512? I think it's 512 land-based territories. Yes, you can have. So that kind of gives you an idea of the, the magnitude of this map. That they had to reduce yeah. it down to 500. I think they reduced it down to 511. 511. Yeah. One, for, one spare. One right? just in case. Just in case. <laughs> it's, it's a very wafer-thin contingency. But I, I love this whole idea about, you know, like this hypothetical situation where, you know, the uh, American nation breaks back down into its states and the states then start duking it out. So you might know more of the, the development side of that than me. Is it up on the Russian lab yet? Or? No, 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 it's not on the lab yet. Because I think, I think at the moment... It's just got to the state where um, I suppose where they're just trying to actually get it working because when they were, when it was trying to be set up um, initially, the problem was it just couldn't physically load because there was way too many territories than what it would actually allow for. So um, the fact that now this has been you know been kind of reduced, I think Techno Star is actually putting it together yep. from memory. And uh, when he was kind of putting it all together, he kind of worked out, oh, shit, got a bit of a problem here because we have too many um, territories, and then he's reduced the number. So um, I guess the, the next thing... So it's been reduced by 67 territories. 67? Yeah, so from 575, it's now down to... Actually, no, 508 land territories. Whoa, okay. So all right. got a bit yep. more of a contingency buffer there, which is good. Um, I, I can't wait for this one. And I kind of think it'll be brilliant. And you're making sure that there's a link in the show notes? Oh yeah, I'll, li- I'll, link to, I'll link to... Well, I'll link to the thread because at the moment it hasn't been created. Like, with, oh, or should I, you reckon I should uh, link to the Imager map or something? Yeah, link to the Imager map Imager so people map. can have yeah, an idea yeah. as to what we've been looking at. Because that way you don't have to bother logging in if you're not part of Eden. Yeah, that's right. You yeah, just go straight thinking. to the Imager um, layout. And just have a, have thinking, Kana. Have a look and have a comment, and if you're so excited about it, then yep. you know, jump onto VDIF and let Technostar know that you know he's also totally looking forward to seeing it done. Um, the other one, which I think I talked about, actually, no, there's a couple of other things. I think I mentioned last episode around Punic Wars and uh, how that was coming together. Yeah, that is coming together because um, um, it looks like um, this was a Benjamin Hester who sort of took no, no. this and made it more. Um, I'm not sure. I have to double check. I have to kind of reload things back up. Um, loading, loading, loading. Got a bit of a slow internet connection here today, okay? Oh no, 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 Punic. Okay, no, I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, yeah. This was created by another by one. Flame. Yeah. So. Oh, that is actually, looking I'll show, nice. I'll show it to you because. I'm actually in, in, there's two test games at the moment. I'm in the first test game and already Flames decided he's going to change um, the build rules because at the start it was originally you choose what you wanted. I think now he wants to kind of make a decision on and lock it in what the um, Okay, so you, build, you just start with a fleet, a fleet and an army, yep. say, as opposed to and, you can build what you um, want. Okay. And I'm just double, I asked him the other day about whether this is build anywhere or build in home centres and he said he was going to change it so it was build in home centres. So, so the standard rules apply essentially yeah, yeah. that's a nice looking map isn't it it's got that little um, I think I mentioned old, this to you yeah you did but you didn't show me the image no because I was lazy 
I do like when they when when map makers play around with the typography. Yeah, you this know, is it's very it's, much it's, it's a, quite nice. a, a a proper full-on Roman capitalisation for everything. Doing the usual so, thing where all the U's turn into V's. So instead of Numidia, it's Numidia, Numidia of yeah. course. Yeah. So Mare Ionium. Ionian Sea. Yes. Yes. So oh, well, learning a bit of Latin. So, 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 there we yeah. go. Yeah. Mind you, the only thing about that that I found a little bit confusing initially was when you kind of, because um, I'm playing this test game as uh, Hellene, so that's the Greeks. So I'm kind of based around the, 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 the toe of Italy, so to speak, if you imagine Italy's a boot, for those who are listening. Oh, and, um, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I found that, for example, some of the when you go into like this adjacent sea next to one of my cap, one of my cities, which the territory on the map in normal dip style has been truncated down to three letters, yeah, which is so MLV. Oh, but of MLV course, if you remember, it's actually MLU. Uh, so when you look for your drop downs, you've got to try to work it all out. Maybe um, a, a good idea might be to put the um, abbreviation in brackets at the end of it, like they do on the world maps. Yep. World War Four. Um, yep. How they, which is all truncated territories, but it gives you the full name and then the uh, the, 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 the abbreviation. And, or do you like that nego- that, that thinking around having to translate? No, 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 no. I don't. I don't mind what he's done. But I'm just talking about the World War Four thing. One thing I find really. I've actually had this in one of the more recent World War Four games. World War Four games? Or was it maybe in one of the 901 games? Anyway, 901 doesn't use to do it. No, 901 doesn't. No, it's World War Four. Yep. So a particular player that I was allied with always was constantly using the three-letter acronym or whatever the three-letter abbreviation is all the yep. time. Whilst all of my other allies would actually write it out. So I had to consciously remember this person. If I'm going to appeal to them and build a rapport with them. I had to kind of replicate their writing style uh, and use three-letter acronyms to describe, well, I want you to support, you know... So O-K-I instead yeah, of... Yeah, I-O-N into, you know, T-Y-R instead of Ionian to top my mind you. Everyone will kind of always reduce Tyrrhenian down to T-Y-R because it's too difficult to spell Tyrrhenian in the first place. But you know what I mean. I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, the only other the other feedback I, I gave Flame on this particular map, um, and I don't know why it's done, is he's kind of extended out Italy off to the horizon. You know what I mean? Like this should actually logically finish here in the the, the heel of Italy and come back up. And there's no real I can't see much of an advantage apart from you know maybe just trying to connect some some territories. But you can kind of move the borders around about to connect territories. Between BRV or BRU and TAR I mean, and CAN, conceivably move up a little bit to make it a look a bit more like the Adriatic. Yeah, and that would also allow yeah. you to build an Adriatic Sea territory in there as well, so you can kind of outflank and come around this way to attack into the middle of the Italian heartland. Yeah. Or even just like a, a, a impassable blue space there to really just show that that's what you're looking yeah, at. It's a really impassable. Well, you're just invisible spot that you can't get to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, that's, that's that map. The so, other that's, one, that, that's going to be coming up shortly then, is it? That's well, yeah. So, there's, as I said, there's two playtests going around. So, that one's not too far away. And 
Um, there hasn't been any bugs found in it, which is great. So another one that's been discussed most recently over on VDIP was the uh, Reconquista variant. Yes, now that's the one I was thinking you were talking about. Yep. That's right. So um, Reconquista, of course, is based on the, the premise of the Spanish reconquest of um, Spain from the, uh, the various Muslim Powers. powers that yep. existed at the time. Well, Al Andalus, I think you. Yeah, Andalus, Granada, all those other bits and pieces. Yeah, so, yeah. No, it was. It was Benjamin Hester then took That's it. That's the one and, um, Benjamin Hester thinks working to do some yeah, work. Yeah, 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 doing the real politic files and that. Um, so that could well. Was it CCR putting it together? Uh, I think it was Ben Hester, wasn't it? CCR sort of went, oh, how about this one? And Benjamin Hester then sort of redrew uh, that initial map. Okay. Yeah, because the initial map look well in the variant bank looks really droll to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I guess this comes down to how do you make things look when work well. Um, if, I mean, I'm just pulling up the variant bank now, and you have a look at the you just. I mean, it's not a very nice map. Oh God, no. You know. It's like you can't read anything. Oh, let's just pretend you could, <laughs> you, you could read it. But, I mean, it doesn't really even look like Italy. There we are. You know, oh, that's just a, like this oh, that's but ugly. Blob. That's like yeah. almost like little hexagon territories everywhere. Yeah, and the only thing sort of representing regions is the name of those spaces, and it just doesn't look nice at all. Um, so there were some designs of it kicking around, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, and they Benjamin pretty Hester good. Uh, pretty much... Um, um, took it. He put it together into a Google Google Drive doc, which I think worked really, really um, well. Yeah, I can't open it on my iPad because I'm getting blank. Oh, you get mess. I'm getting a mess. Um, but that that's that's iCrap technology for you. I'm on iCrap too. See if my iCrap works better than yours. Okay. Oh, this is a border so yours one. Yours isn't doing it either. Sorry, uh, listeners, we're kind of trying to... We're both playing with our little iCrap toys and it's not working out very well for us because we're incompetent. Oh, there we go. No, it's not working. Uh, but no, anyway, he's gone and taken this... Oh, there we go. That one's all right. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. So he's actually taken the, the map of Spain yep. and renegotiated the... Um, the territory, so they're all the same connections, yep. But he's made it actually look well like Spain, it looks like Spain and Portugal, yep. Um, I guess this, I think this works really, really well. And I like the one thing, I, this is sounds weird. What I like is also what I don't like. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay, okay, explain. And that's so. the fact that this is based around Spain. Okay, yes. So you, you do have Tangier that you can kind of reach, which inevitably end up becoming a bit of a, well, not Tangier, but there's like little enclaves in the top of North Africa that Spain, Spanish took. Yep. But it is restricted to that theatre, which is Spanish. Purely right. Spanish. Purely Spanish. Yeah. Which I like from a historical point of view. But then you also think, well, if this was going on quite well, there should actually be some territories within... The North African, North African Morocco type of area, yeah, that were, where the Berbers or whatever used to hang out and do stuff. I don't know. Uh, was, there, was there much troop transfers during that time? Well, not really, because they actually they all they all invaded from 
uh, that Berber territory into Spain, picked out the Visigoths because the Visigoths were like weak as shit by then. Yes. And then they just set up their own little independent little fiefdoms and kingdoms and split off effectively from North Africa. So, so you are so probably the, right. The, 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 the caliphates of North Africa didn't lend assistance. No, no, because to... the other ones became quite powerful in their own right. One thing, I, I've, I've actually I've been to Spain a few times and um, have been to Cordoba, which right. is on the map yep. down. Have you been there? No, no, I've not been to Spain. So. Cordoba, at, during the, the actual Middle Ages, was the second largest city in the world. What was the largest city? Beijing? No. Shanghai? No. I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's always referred to as the second largest city in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder how historically accurate that is. I mean, like, largest by population or largest yeah, but by, by population, yeah. scale? Population. Yeah, okay. It was massive at the time. I can't remember who was bigger. Probably would have been somewhere like, probably would have been Beijing, might have been like... Oh, those Chinese. Chinese something, yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway, we don't regress. Great place to visit, by the way. And um, I like this map. I think it's coming along really, really well. Um, sea territory-wise, I'm not sure... And we've talked about this before, I think, about the whole issue of balance within a map. Is there, from your perspective, do you recall, is there like a, a a tool or an adjudicator or something that a variant developer can use to try to work out whether a map is balanced based on where units are, where starting positions are? Ah, uh, now, there was... Because I've always just, you know, just fucked around and just had my own gut around what I thought worked well. Um, on the diplomacy pouch... Um, there was an article um, that did deal with, I think it was, yeah, no, there, there, there was a mathematical, um, so, diplomacy pouch index, okay, so I'm just, I don't want to give wrong names, um, it was either Eddie Burson or, um, these other ones, Stephen Agar, um, that wrote about design in that sense of making um, oh, yeah. a, 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 a balance to that yep. idea of supply centres to like a ratio of supply centres, territories, and units. Um, but I don't know if it dealt with, can't recall if it dealt with. Because dealing with the sea territory, the reason I bring that up is you've got, say, for example, um, this area of sea around uh, connecting Cadiz, Seville, and the Argave. And I guess, is that number one? Is that to the Canary Islands or Madeira? Probably whatever. I don't know. Some areas, like, for example, the, um, the Middle Atlantic seem to border a lot of territories. Anyway, we just... I'll, I'll have to look it up, Andy, because um, I'm sure there was a mathematical thing somewhere that I stumbled across, whether it's at the Diplomacy Archives or yep. the Dip Pouch or, or where it was, but you know, it, was, it dealt with that on a mathematical basis. Okay, yeah. cool. Yep. So anyway, we'll see how this one goes. This looks like it's coming along, so I think this will also be good when it reaches the lab over in uh, Diplo, Diplomar. 
Dip Diplo, the, 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 the Russian one. The Russian one, that's right. Yep. So the other one was... was I bring up... Napoleonic thing going Napoleonic on. Napoleonic, one versus one. Okay, that's France versus what? Uh, Russian, Swedish, English alliance, so, is it? It's France versus well, France and its allies, which basically is Norway against the Sixth Coalition, huh. which was the coalition inevitably ended up breaking uh, uh, Napoleon. So the primary great powers at the time was Great Britain, Austria, Prussia, Russia, and Sweden, with a little bit of odd help on the side from minor powers such as Portugal and Sardinia. And Ottomans, of course, were out of this conflict, but they're on the map as a um, uh, standing neutral armies. Okay, right. Which will actually be self-supporting. Well, Do you know how I know they will be? Because you suggested it? Because I'm putting this one together. Oh, wow. It's okay. the first variant I've put together in years. Wow, 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 that's great. And I know that when we last talked about this idea, you suggested having, um, we're having to get louder because there's more and more people turning up now for yep. lunch. We might move on to the other bar, actually. What do you think? Well, it depends if it's open or not. But anyway, we'll keep going. Okay. Yep. So um, I know you kind of suggested maybe including bits of Africa, particularly um, Egypt and so forth. Yes. But I'm just right. working yep. off the existing map. So this was originally put together, the map was put together by Firehawk. Can I ask a question? Yes. Right. If you have, uh, say, a standing neutral army in each of these territories in the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. Right. How does the game choose what units to disband? I have no idea. Like, what's, I have no fucking idea. So, so <laughs> just out of interest, right? I mean, okay, right. So, well, Turkey's normally, got three units, yeah? Four. Four. Starts with, uh, starts with four units. Yep. Right, but it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten territories. Yep. If you start with a neutral army on each of those territories... No, 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 no. no, no but if you... Hang on, hold, hold on. Okay. Just out of interest, it's neutral army on each of those, and at the end of the first year, yep. the game will disband a random six. Yeah, but it's not going to do that. No, no, I know it's not, but oh, you get you're, a you're, different... You're purely a hypothetical. Oh, purely hypothetical. You, you get a different variant each time you've played it because the game adjudicator chooses a random six or will it I always guess, be the same I six? guess that's a good question is it is it a random adjudication or is it based around the supply centers do you keep does it actually kind of, I, I don't know I don't know how the actual coding works whether See, it, I thought it was um, units furthest away from the supply center get disbanded first but I don't know if that is what happens practically Okay. That's what actually happens in the adjudication. So anyway, I've been talking of a female flame, not a flame, firehawk. Too many burning yeah, okay. pseudonyms yep. here. So firehawk originally put together this map to try to get the original source files because there's a particular font that's used for how this looks, and you know how it's all kind of done like on little. Yes. Territories named yep. aren't, aren't, aren't um, on a 90 degree angle, they're slightly curved. And the reason I say that is I have to actually make some minor, minor, minor modifications to the map. 
Yeah, like what? Well, you know me, I'm a bit of a history... Yes, you do like that Tragic. Stuff. Yep, yep. So I need to kind of create a new territory called Cadiz, which was where the rump Spanish presence existed, like this area that's between Granada and Portugal, that bit there. Okay, yep. Okay? And that needs to be set up as a supply centre. I'm going to um, remove some supply centres and add some supply centres so that both you and this, I don't know if this is going to be too hard for someone playing a one versus one. You start initially with 17 units and 17 territories. Okay. And, and you have to probably get to around about two, I don't work out whether two thirds or three quarters for a victory condition. Are you going to have it so that you can choose what units you start with? I don't start know. Start build or? I'm, I'm throwing that around in my mind. I'm trying to work out whether that would be a good dynamic or not, or whether that make things too easy in some theatres. So I'll give you an example. Sardinia, which was part of the former, um, uh, the, was it the Genoa or whatever like that, used to kind of control Genoa and Sardinia back then. Okay. And whilst Napoleon managed to kind of steamroll through this bit here, and I don't know why in the hell this is turning up pink, because it should be blue, but... Piedmont, yep. Piedmont is fucking up like that. Yeah, you're bringing up a large map now. Anyway. Yep. Um, anyway, it's working correctly there. But anyway... So there was like a territory there, but if you kind of allow people, sorry, allow France easily to go um, fleet, you know, like if they built Barcelona and Marseille and Rome and Naples. All fleets, so. Yeah, you know, automatically you can then quickly, and this is not working really, but suddenly it's coming up with blue there and it should be pink. Um, it would allow Sardinia to fall very, very quickly. So I'm trying to work out is it better to maybe just set the territory, sorry, set the units in the territories so that they actually were the right ones. Okay, but in, in, in real life... Um, what the fuck happened here? What, what, what's happened? What'd you do, Kana? Trying to go back. Oh, I uh, Anyway, in, in real life, did Sardinia fall pretty quickly? Or no, it, it didn't at all. It didn't at all? No, because whilst um, France managed to take over all of Italy, they had quite a weak presence in the south. And that's why they never actually made it over to take over Sicily. Sicily was independent. Is Sicily going to be independent in this variant? Yeah, that's a neutral. Standing army? Neutral standing army, yep. And I need to modify the map so that Athens and uh, Belgrade are connected so they can have self-supporting holes between there and self-supporting holes between Ankara and Constantinople. The idea behind that is that whilst the Ottomans were... And becoming increasingly weak as time went by, and we saw how how they went, obviously in World War One. I. I think they need to still have some self self supporting thing there, and still not be a player. But if you wanted to make a concerted effort to try to outflank via that way, you still could. Yes, so push in, push through Constantinople. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which would be a big. It'd be a big resource drain to force your way through the Dardanelles, essentially. And it would have been. Yeah. It's still at this stage, it would have been a so massive drain. So, to get okay. the 17 supply centres on each side for starting, I'm also having to modify the map to include supply centres in uh, what was the Confederation of the Rhine. So, that area of Germany that was controlled by Napoleon. I'm reducing slightly the number of SCs in what was Danish territory and Swedish territory. Are you totally wedded to using the same borders font font would well, it be a pain in the ass to change it again well not really 
you know, the font's one of the easier things, isn't it? You just well, the only only territory changes that require a font will be this Cadiz area and Sardinia. And this and area, I need, and I need to move Romilia, so it's kind of like the way Bosnia is shaped. So it's kind of because this will be connecting those two. Okay. Well, you got your work cut out for you. Oh, and I need to add in the supply centre in Krakow to kind of make this enclave out here in uh, the Grand Duchy of Warsaw a little bit more stronger. So you're going to have to muck around with the map anyway. Some minor mucking around, yeah. Okay. Can you take some of the letters that are already there, <laughs> copy and paste them? Um, if Firehook can't deliver, then I might have to do like, you know, a kidnapper's note type of arrangement. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so that's coming along well. And I've also started putting out the, um, um, you know, my crazy little Sengoku Ninja vs Samurai variant. Okay, you're putting feelers out there? I've put feelers, so yeah. Flame has kind of recreated that within the lab, and I've just now asked him some questions around the coding elements that I need to get working for that. Uh-huh. And if I can get the coding element, if, if he can say, yeah, 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 I can do that, then I'll do that one as well. It's pretty much an importation of the um, pirates. Yeah, it's a little bit of the pirates code into the Sengoku map. Yep. The one thing I wanted to try to do though, because remember I had this concept, because the um, samurai will technically be armies, but with double attacking strength. The ninjas will be technically fleets, normal attacking strength, but they can move two attacking units have to retreat one. Yeah, but you can't build both. Is that the thing? You can That's only build main so ninjas I need to kind of make yeah. sure that whoever's on Team Ninja can only build ninjas. Whoever's on Team Pirates can only build pirates. Pirates. So, oh, not pirates. Samurai. Samurai. Fuck. <laughs> Two wines that I'm already anyone's. Um, and on top of that, the other thing I want to try to do is, if you imagine that the ninjas are technically fleets. They should be able to go into the coast, so I'm going to have to actually code all of all of. Um, I was going to say Italy, wrong wrong one. All of Japan as being the actual land as being coast, even if it's totally inland. Yeah. Okay. And all the sea as being sea, so that the land units can't go into the sea, but the ninjas being fleets in inverted commas can go to any of them. Okay. <laughs> but I don't. I, I like the idea that. To, to be a ninja and to have your what's called water spider shoes you can run and walk on water you shouldn't be able to do that for too long so I've kind of contacted Flame around how to do that so that you're not if you're in the ninjas and you end up in your finishing up on water either that's not an option or you're disbanded on water because you're okay. drowned you can move through water but you can't end on water yeah so if, it, if you can move two units you might move from um Oh, I should bring up the fucking map. Yeah, anyway, no, I can, I can understand what you're saying. If you move from yeah. land to water to another piece of land that was a bit further away. Yeah. So but you using... can't go land, land, water, or land, water, water. So we'll see how that one goes. Yeah. If it's possible or not. And if Flame says, nah, can't do it, I don't have the skills for that, then I might have to try to see if Ollie's got some time, if he can do something. And if he can't do anything, then it's... All bets are off. No more ninjas versus samurai. 
Why don't you have some bamboo forests there as well? So you know, like impassable bamboo forest, except ninjas can pass through. Well, yeah, I suppose we could do that, but are we giving the ninjas too much of a, a helping hand? Probably. Yeah. And I guess this also then ties into the pirates game, which we'll talk about. We talk about it very quickly now as part of an around the grounds. If you want to quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Quickly. And pirates. and that's how I was interested to kind of see with the rule change to what extent. Um, people were now more inclined to build uh, frigates versus clippers okay. because and of the different powers. What, what's the verdict so far? You're getting more clippers or you're getting more frigates? Well, the one player that's doing exceptionally well, which is um, Bart, the Portuguese de la Cueva, he's got a real mix. He's probably got almost as many clippers as frigates. So, uh, in this particular game, which is anonymous, I yeah. probably have gone more frigates, and it hasn't worked out for me. Okay, so you, right, so a, 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 a balance. Maybe a balance is the way, to go. the way to go. Yeah. How's the um, how's the hurricane working? Hurricane's working fine. There has been some issues with the um, <laughs> not so much the retreat rule, but the attacking rule. With someone as um, I think pointed out. The frigate attacks with 1.5 strength. They attacked a maybe another frigate with one because a, a normal frigate had defense with one strength, and it was yep. nothing happened. Right. So um, they didn't contact me as the creator of the variant, but they happened to say, "Hey, do you know what the fuck's going on here?" I went, "I have no idea because you should have won that." And I checked their orders. Yep. I checked the orders of the other player. Yep. And they should have just kicked out the other area, sorry, the other um, unit and caused it to retreat. So there's something weird going on. So yeah. I said, look, just raise out with the mods, go to the mods yeah. forum, raise yeah. it with them. They may not be able to do anything, but maybe they can get Ollie to have a look at it. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure Ollie's probably going to look at these things. Right. But and yes, I'm on a slippery slope for that one. And um, it's interesting, this particular game, because one player is fast approaching a, um, a solo. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So now we're getting to that stage where people are starting to... Uh, other, remaining players in the game are starting to coalesce to say, hey, what are we going to do to start stopping this guy from getting a solo? Because it's a winner-take-all. How many do you need to, to win? I don't know, remember. 29? It, it usually says... 29, up the, would what? it be? 29 to win. Yeah, 0 to 29, wouldn't it be? Uh, no, that's yeah. how much points you bet. Oh, right, OK. I've got um, no idea. Uh, uh, you know, actually, that's something that really should be on I might I might raise that with Ollie about the mod stuff it, just in the mod side in of things so, you know like, like hey Ollie is there any chance we can have just on the on the game page where what, it, the number of, just the amount of supplies and that would actually be useful even for those whether, whether it's a default it. thing or whether people have kind of you know how you can kind of sometimes set things up to have um, different win conditions and you can change what the number of supply centers are to win. Yeah. So, so having that uh, more prominent, I think, would actually help. It's 28, by the way. 28 ah. supply centers. Um, so the, the, the leader of that... Is uh, on 19. Is on 19. So, wow, listen. And and growing exponentially because everyone else yeah. has been fucking useless, including... It looks like he's got, he's got three me. builds just recently. So he's on a roll. So that's uh, quite a dangerous little position there. And the, next player the, great, the great thing is, about uh, that particular player is that they've got a, a great little 
corner that they're working position. out of yep. and just working out of it. They're not going to worry about defending their rear. And as you know, corner positions are quite a powerful spot to really... Um, on the map. On the map, absolutely. Hey, you're getting a bit hungry and thirsty. How about you? Yeah, yeah, same, same. So same. this is a good thing about our um, our Christmas specials because we're both on holidays. We can have a lunch. Yep. And Oh, um, no, we're not going to do a cheese with water, are we? No, no but we'll be, um, we'll be back. And we're back? Uh, we are indeed back. Cheers. I'm still Cheers. on the Boston Lager. Oh, okay. I've changed to, again... Another one. Another third one. Time, third but time this is one I've had in a um, in a previous episode. I think it's the St. Hubert's, the Stag. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's always quite nice. I actually quite like the range of beers they have at this place. Actually, you know, it's not just beers they have on tap. They have wine on tap. Oh, you keep going on about this fucking wine on tap. Yeah, but it's such a great idea. I mean, why don't, why don't pubs actually put wine on tap? I don't know, because to serve it out of that, you need to put it into a keg. Could be out of a cast, couldn't it? Could be a big bladder that's sitting there somewhere. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good point. Anyway, you know, I mean, that would be for your house wines, But wine like beer deteriorates over time if it's exposed to light, so you need to kind of reduce the amount of um, light getting into the drink. I'm sure it's all doable. Everything's doable, Kana. Everything's doable. With, with, with enough, you know, with enough time, money, and effort, I'm sure you could have like a. a keg of wine at home where you can <laughs> um, I'd rather have a bottle of wine eh? bottle of bottle um, oh, speaking of which I, um, I when I was looking for a gift for Ambie for Christmas I saw a, a wine making set Oh, wine making. A wine making set. Yes. Well, that so would come in handy because literally I've just uh, got a, a, a grape vine growing in my backyard. Now. You go actually make your own. I don't know. Stuff. Someone gave me. Said he'd grow this. But anyway, keep going. You're sort but, of sounding um, interesting. We, we did set a we did set a limit to what we were going to um, exchange gifts. Yeah. And so I didn't end up getting it. But my grandparents used to make wine, and. They said the hardest thing about it was actually, you know, not drinking it before it'd been <laughs> fully, fully fermented, you know. And I'm the same. When I brew beer, I find the hardest thing about it is, you know, making sure you don't drink them for three weeks after it's actually brewed because it's alcoholic when it comes out of the keg. Yeah. It's just not fully carbonated inside the bottle. You need to let it sit for three weeks. How does your home brew go? Does it, you have any success? Because I used to do it 20 years ago and it was like every single batch was just total crap. No, I, you know, I quite nice brews. Yeah. But yeah, for me, like the hardest thing is, you know, it's, oh, it's been a week sitting in the bottle. Oh, I reckon it's probably carbonated enough. It's alcoholic anyway. <laughs> but you get, you, get, you get a phenomenal amount, like $10, right? You buy the um, little brew baking kits yeah. you know and uh, you know so what two bucks for the sugar because beer is so expensive nowadays it can be yeah so a long neck of beer is about five bucks right like you, you go to any like go to our, our favourite Dr Dan's and yeah. um, you know it's like base level grog is like 40 bucks a carton yeah, it's, it's crazy fancy pants yeah. grog you know beer is like high 40s 50s 60s they're trying to tax the drinkers out of ability to pay for it. Yeah, so for those of you who are in countries that they don't tax the shit out of alcohol, Australia's drink very. Up. Yeah, you enjoy it while you <laughs> still got it. it. 
because some yeah. stupid politician's going to work out, hey, we can make some money out of this. Yeah, we just put a bit of we'll, we'll pretend it's it. for health benefits. <laughs> yeah, we'll help. And all we'll them. tax the shit out of it because yeah. our bottom line is so bad. Yes. So they've done that with tobacco already, so it wouldn't surprise me that they're going to do it with alcohol. Well, it's already happening, isn't it's it? It's happening as of as we speak, anyway. So, a um, couple of things, just during the interlude whilst we were getting drinks, you mentioned, we're talking about variants, and you said that a long, 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 long while ago, Ollie was throwing around an idea for a variant. Oh, yeah, not so much a, a, a variant, um, but he was he, he was looking at, at a concept of that um, each time you uh, open up this variant, this, this scenario creates a random map. So the map is randomised each time you start. Is to it a total map. random map, or you use like a classic map, and the way the classic map generates is randomly? No, done. no, that um, it, it was done in conjunction. Like Butterhead had this idea. Uh, you remember him? Old years Butterhead. Years old Butterhead. Haven't seen him for. Haven't seen or heard of him for years. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we hold out. I mean, last I heard, he was off to um, college and sort of disappeared off the radar. He's all sure grown he'll, up. He'll come back. Along with King Adam, he'll grow up and come back at some point. And King Adam? Captain Mean will drop off one, or the uh, radar one <laughs> radar day when he gets grow up and come back. <laughs> um, anyway, but it was an idea that was floating around um, to get yeah, entirely randomly generate a map to start with. You know, so each like game would be a new crazy. Yeah. Uh, Still, each game being a unique game, you'd never know if you're starting advantageously or disadvantageously. I kind of like I, that idea. I guess the question would be whether, provided that the coding was done so that there was some balance between the players, otherwise it would just be just total anarchy. And you can have some players start off with a really good position and others start in a crap position. It could, it could be like that, you know, it's a totally random, or as opposed to some sort of ratio effect set up, I, I don't know. Didn't ever go anywhere, but I think it's a good idea to revisit. We could work out some sort of um, mathematical formula. Yep. Yep. So we we're doing um, just four drinks around the grounds. One thing I failed to mention about the Pirates game I'm in, and I never really appreciated this as the actual variant creator, was how confusing it can be in some territories, and some people have raised this, I mean, ah, yeah, yeah, talking shit, go look at the large map, they're going to be good. Now that I'm actually playing the large, the game, some of the areas, when you've got people multiple attacking different areas, particularly in the Antilles area, you yeah, can't, can't work can't, out what the fuck's going on. I can't tell what's going on half the time in this area. Stuff. It's yes. just like red on red on red, yes. everywhere, yes. and it's impossible, so. Are hunt. you going to come back and make some of those territories larger? No. Why not? Because I can't remember how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with someone else to do it, but oh no, it's it's been hard. Well, honestly, if if someone was to come and make those territories easier to read, yes, as a layout, yes, all the coding's there. All that you need to do is just paste the um, paste the units in that space. I know. I just haven't got. It's just the map that needs to be fixed. Not, not, not it's the actual, not, no, is, sorry, it's not the layout of it, it's just the visual. Yeah, I know that, yeah. but it requires too much effort. And you like it as it is? No, 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 I don't, because, as I said, I've, I've been experiencing the same problems, but at the moment I've kind of got to a stage where 
I'm happy to kind of give something a little bit back when it comes to varying development, but I haven't really got the time just to fuck around too much with some of these things. All right. Anyway, how are Fair you enough. going in your one and only game? Because someone posted in the forum the other day that your, your discussion <laughs> in the last podcast, you spent just as much time talking about your one game that hadn't actually started as I had with all of my games. Well, yeah, I'll get onto that in a second. Oh, no. Um, but you've just finished your 1066 game, haven't you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, with Ollie and uh, Tartarus Darden. Yeah, good to see you didn't offer Ollie any quarter. Dismembered him, gutted him and killed him. Yeah, so now the game's over. I played as Norway, Ollie played as England, and Tartarus Darden... No, wait a sec. Yeah, Tartarus Darden played as France. Sorry, the um, Normans. He won the game. He won the game. Okay. Um, it was a interesting game. It was a good game. It was definitely one of those type of games where everything was in the balance between me and Tata. And um, because, and I don't, honestly, I have no idea what happened. Whilst I was away on um, holidays, because I was on a cruise ship, Often we weren't in port and we were out in the sea, so there was no internet, full stop. Oh, did you miss Unless it? you want to spend a shitload of money on the you know, cruise line's oh, yeah, expensive yeah, internet, yeah. which I wasn't prepared to do because I'm no. a cheap ass. Not even to enter a couple of moves. Half an I'm hour. I'm not going to spend like fucking 20 bucks to put in hour. a couple of. No. So, anyway, the issue okay, was yeah. on my phone, which I had, yep. I don't know what it was, but I, I knew that. By the time I got into port again, I wouldn't be able to get through the right cycle of the turns because the turns were actually 24-hour phases. Oh. So well, I put in, I, I kept clicking extend, and nothing would work. I clicked pause, nothing would work. I clicked draw, nothing would work. So as a result, I end up in MRing the one turn that, as a result, meant that it was impossible to come back. Uh, it, was on, it was on the edge. It could honestly have gone either way, both to me or to Tata. Yep. But um, I was having problems. I don't know what happened. I went back later on and said, hey, this is what I was having difficulty with. Yep. And I've since tried on other devices with other games, and it has no problem at all. So I don't know what the fuck went wrong. You could have asked for the game phase length to have been extended. Oh, look, over that if I actually had but half a brain, I should have just sent a PM through to Ollie and saying... Oh, do you mind? Or even just into the mod forum, you know, I would have done it. Yes, okay. It's a very easy thing to do. Yes, okay, but when you're on a boat, you just don't think of these things. No, it's just all about when you're living on the in land, Margaritaville, when you, Luke. When you're on the land... No, yeah, but we actually... You, when you're on the boat, it doesn't make any difference because you've got no internet. But when you're on land, and Mrs. Andy's saying, we've got to do this, 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 this... I don't have much time to fiddle around with my phone. Okay, yeah, no, no, fair enough, fair enough. Understood. Actually, more to do with the fact that I was the one going, we've got to do this, this, and this. <laughs> and then when I was playing with my phone, she go, what are you doing? <laughs> We're <Funny>. doing this. <laughs> anyway, okay, so that's finished. Um, and, you know, cool. It's good that Ollie's, you know, had a game and Tadar's coming back. Yeah. Have you spoken to him more in that sense? No, I haven't actually. I need to. Uh, yeah, Good point. Okay. But it only finished yesterday, so... No, it was a couple of days oh, ago. No, no, a couple of days ago. Sorry, yeah, I'm just yeah. reading it. All right. I've been kicked out of one of my known world games. Kicked out? Well, I lost. Oh, who... Oh, dead. Dead. Yep, okay. So, anyway, you, you were asking me about my um, 
Oh yeah, your um, your yeah. World War Four game. How's it going now that basically have, have I got a spare hour or so to kill whilst you talk about this one game? <laughs> Actually, it's um, I, I wanted to ask your opinion. What's your opinion about deliberately holding back from getting builds early in, in in a large map like this, not being at the leader of the pack or being yeah. in the top group by deliberately. Um, not how to say it, by not getting as many supply centers as you potentially could early on does that make your negotiations in your mind um, better in that you're, you're not you're not painting a target on your back so you, you understand what I'm saying yeah I think so is it a gunboat game or not no no it's full it's rule press which I'm really enjoying a rule book, Chris, because I, it means I can, I, can, I can ignore it during build. I can yep. ignore messages during build. Build and, and retreat phase. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It suits my personality just to a T, you know. Well, because you go through a flurry of... You're antisocial. Yeah, I go through a flurry of negotiation and then I can ignore it yep. for a period of time. And that just, you know, it's nice. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a nice mix between gunboat and, uh, and full press, I think. Look, it's the type of thing where I agree with you. I think, and, and I had this in one of the known world games where, actually two of the known world games, where I was the actual leader of the pack in two games. Yep. And that inevitably meant that people started going, we need to kind of start cutting him down because he's too much of a risk. He's too big. Too big. Yep. Um, so there's that threat, you know. So if you, if you make yourself too large too fast, you become a threat to your other But players, you're saying so. you'd still get large with supply centres, but you wouldn't necessarily build the units to protect them. No, 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 no. Or to, or like to uh, protect power. Yeah, no, no, but... Oh, no, okay. So there's a couple of times a year where I could have taken uh, supply centres that were um, undefended. Yeah. Um, but I've chosen not to for two reasons. One, to show that I'm loyal to my particular allies. Yep. And in, in another sense, to deliberately um, withhold from um, growing too fast, too early, and putting that target on my back. Generally yeah. speaking, I'd say... It's like, it's sort of like I'm playing to the middle of the pack instead of playing to the top of the pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, I think it's a good strategy. Mainly because, A, you're not kind of putting yourself out there as being this, you know... Someone to worry about. Big kid yeah. on the block. Particularly being a uh, non-gunboat game where you're actually able to talk to people. Explain the logic. Explain what yeah. you're doing. It kind of builds up some rapport, which allows you to make... It gives you more options, doesn't it? It allows I, you to I, I kind of decide does. to stick with this player, not stab them, and and you know attack somewhere else, knowing that you know your, your rear is okay, yep. although they may stab you. Yep. Or um, you could always just tell them a furphy and just still stab them anyway once they've moved away. I think the former is better than the latter, but that's why I don't win as much. Oh, I yeah. Look, it's still very much early game, early early stages of the game. Is this one rated um, or unrated? Rated. Okay, so this one matters for you because this might uh, be an opportunity to I kind of get up your rank. If I care about my rank, Andy, if I'm coming to this, 
I don't care. Anyway, um, so it's still up in the air. There's some interesting stuff happening in, in Southeast Asia in those negotiations between Sichuan, Manchuria, Song, Thailand. Um, it looks like Philippines may or may not be moving to Oceania Jeez, or East Indonesia. Africa came over quickly to Australia. I've never seen that that fast. Yeah, East Africa's invaded Perth. Um, <laughs> whilst it's getting butt fucked by getting Congo destroyed, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Egypt. Yeah, so actually Egypt's kind of doing cool. I haven't really focused looking too much on what's happening. Egypt's a funny player, isn't he, on World War Four map. He can either do very well or very, very badly. There's nothing in between. Yeah, yeah, he very rarely gets to survive. It's either, you know, yep. And Iran's not going very well. There's a couple of players in this that aren't going very well at all. Um, are they newbies or not? Um, not sure. Let's we'll see. Iran is um, Aaron two six four two is a newbie. He's got a thousand art. Amazon's not going very well. He's a newbie. He's a newbie. Um, Australian are doing well. Newbie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Inca. I think he's played a game or two before, by the looks of it. It was about to go, but uh, yeah. So there's a few. At least you're beating them, aren't you, Kano? That's pretty good. Shucks. <laughs> anyway, so that's where I'm at at this point in time. Too early, really, to sort of give any sort any uh, in-depth discussion uh, on uh, publicly. Well, you can. So this is, everyone, know, well, you, everyone knows you're playing as Japan. Well, they do, yeah. And so I'm obviously, you know, looking so, at. So you've obviously got what's happening at the moment with you in Manchuria because you've kind of made landfall on. Korea. Well, I broke a DMZ for the Sea of Japan. I went in there last season. Um, How's that DMZ going, seeing that you've been there and moved on since? Well, look, it, it's actually a pretty... You know, in a lot of these games, Manchuria and Japan end up clashing. Yeah. It, it's, it's almost like one of those things which is geographically preordained, you know, on the, on the map. It doesn't have to be, but look, I... I got convinced into attacking him, but at the same time, I, having done that, it's not really a very powerful attack, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, can, I, can I ask a stupid question? Yeah. What's, what's the actual border between Sea of Japan and OKH? Okay, it's hidden by that little support, right? So ah, it, and what about this way? Uh, there's, again, SAK where, and VLA that, uh, yeah, goes there. So Vladivostok is adjacent to OKH and Sea of Japan. But KHB is only adjacent to OKH. Okay. Yeah. So how are you going so far? Pretty good? Yeah. You're not dead yet? Still growing? Well, I didn't get a build this most recent phase, but I tried to sacrifice um, the build for getting into a, a position that was strong against Manchuria. Yep. Hey. Thank you. Thank you very much. Alright, and what did you order there, Andy? You've got a... I've got a pie with salad, which looks a bit sick, and some chips, which I probably won't have too many of, but I'll have some. Okay. Salmon looks good. Yeah, I've got a salmon salad. It's a... Yeah. The Nikkei... What do they call it? Nikkei Yessi salad? Nikkei Koise? Nikkei Sounds very French to me. Oh, oh, oh. So, uh... Very hungry. Okay. So like I said, still early games. Um, 
you know, a couple of these players around here have been encouraging me to attack Song, which I've been like, no, no, I don't particularly want to, thank you. Um, so who are you going to attack at the moment? I'm attacking Manchuria. Okay, so but it looks, looks like a pretty like half-assed attempt, to be perfectly honest. I'm not really attacking from a position of power. I'm attacking because, well, I've got to attack someone and everyone else has been more communicative to me how, than him. So. How, many, how many turns has it been going for? Uh, five seasons now. Yeah, you do need to start attacking someone. Hmm. So all the free builds are gone, but, you know, had a good good conversation with um, Philippines, you know, quite happy to have DMZ'd NPS successfully, the North Pacific Sea. Yep. Um, Effectively, so I'm not inclined to attack him. As know, opposed to your DMZ of um, Sea of Japan. Well, you see what happened there? He then put a fleet in Seoul, in Seoul right? Which made me think, oh, yeah, well. Oh, so you, you were, know, being, you were actually being proactive in your. You, you thought he was going to break it, so you broke it first. Correct, yep. Okay. You know, he was feeding me this line that he's not interested in building fleets. And then started building fleets. But then at the same time, you know, he had two fleets. He's not in any conflict with Sichuan, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, well, you know, mate, I know where you're heading. Fresh <laughs> in Japan. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing okay. Well. So are you going to join some more games now that you're in Hollows? I will, yeah. I'm going to go camping. Um, after Christmas, you know, the Christmas New Year's period. Oh yeah, where are you going? Not sure yet. Christmas Payne has got it set up. Payne has got it set up. And I'll, um, yeah, I'll just go along for that. But after that period's finished, I'll join up because I don't want to join up whilst I'm on. I'm out in the bush. Mm. It's hard to find anywhere cool at this time of year, isn't it? Well, and the good places are really booked up too, you know. Everyone's out there trying to get away from things and they're all getting away together, so. Anyway, so, um, I bring up on my um, my iPad, but I'm simply running out of power because Mrs. Lamby unplugged my iPad when I was charging it when we were, went out. And, yep. And then decided not to plug it back in. What are you pulling up? Um, most recent game, the 1885 game I was in. So just go to my profile. Uh, I would be, except it's not loading yours for some reason. Here we go, let's try again. I'm uh, loading up your profile. How's your pie? It's not bad. Oh, good. My salmon's quite nice. Okay. I had a lot of salmon on the fruit. The 1860. 1885, it's a gunboat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you done much 1885? I have not touched it. So, this was a really, really good game. Not only because it was a draw, and I was part of it, made to the end. But I really like this map. Hang on. That's the Imperial one cut without... Is that right? I don't know. Looks a bit, bit like it, but... 
I'll tell you the reason I've I think avoided. Imperial is slightly different. I've, in, I've avoided this particular variant is I just don't like the the icons. I know it's poor poor reason to avoid a variant, but I don't yeah. like. I just don't like the icons. I find the fact it hard that they're to like an A and an F instead of an army and a fleet. Well, they are. They are an A and an F. Would you prefer, a and F, would you prefer more the plated way of having dinosaurs and aliens or something? I wonder if there's a way you can choose to have your own icons. It wouldn't be hard. Well, not I know anything. You know, like steamboats and you know, British red coats. Grenadiers. Yeah. Grenadiers or something would be a bit more exciting to me than seeing just squares. But anyway, look, how did it go? Um, not bad. So I played as Italy. So I managed to take over the uh, northeastern quadrant of Africa, most of the Middle East up to the border with between Iraq and um, uh, modern-day Iran. And part of this had a lot to do with the fact that I had a really good ally with Austria, who never attacked me. I never attacked him, although I was tempted many, many times. <laughs> yeah. And because at the time I was, I was um, allied with both Austria and um, France, because my main focus at the time was attacking uh, Germany and Britain, so and, and of course the Ottomans. All of which has since gone. So Britain's gone. So France was the, um, the, the, the big player. Was he was the one that was forcing the draw. Well, he, I think he was the, the had the highest amount of SCs. Yep. But um, and for quite a long while, both uh, China and Japan were allied, and were just steamrolling progressively uh, westerly against all the Western powers. And then Makes around sense. almost exactly the same time that France decides to stab everybody within the Western um, alliance, uh, Japan and China fell apart. How did that happen? Did, did China attack it was Japan or Japan? Or? So did they attack each other at the same time? Or? I think it was Japan attacked China. Ah. It was trying to attack, actually, trying to attack, it was China attacking Japan. And around the same time, then China stopped attacking me in the Middle East. So I stopped attacking him too. Okay. So you saw that Japan and China were fighting each other and you're like, okay, I can now use my units to defend against France. Well, yes. And also attack um, uh, the, the Dutch, because the Dutch at the time were quite strong in southern Africa. And both uh -huh. me and France actually were both attacking France. So I kind of stabbed France, not France. France and I both stabbed the Dutch. Okay? But then okay. after the Dutch were gone, France and this kept going <laughs> to me. Rightio, so Arendt played France and JK China. Yep. Jian Shen, Japan. You, Italy. Yep. Venetia, Austria. Venetia. Is it? Okay. Well, that's the Italian. Pronunciation of the Venetia. Hey, va bene. I don't know, I would put a C instead of a T if it was Venetia. Anyway, so the poor sucker who played Holland was Coxbot and Britain Tantrumizer. Yep. Who's, um, he's the one who's developing the um, 
divided states. Ah, oh, yes. God got knocked out early, did he? Turkey? Um, yeah, he did actually. Oh, actually, no. He managed to have a bit of a presence for a while. It actually took a long while for players to be eliminated in this game. Really? But some players managed to have a, a small, isolated presence in their colonies where they were just moving around randomly. Britain, Germany, Holland uh, were very much like that. I think Russia may have been the first one knocked out. Okay, is, so is the order of this... Uh, does that actually mean that Turkey did get knocked out first? Or I have no idea. Um, our North played Russia and... XX Dorito Junkie XX play Germany. Alright. So, overall, what was your opinion on this variant? I like this variant. I think it's got a lot of options. I, um, I feel that the unpassable areas are relatively accurate. You know, the middle of Saharan Africa the Himalayas, the yep. Alps. Yep. So that provides an interesting gameplay and that kind of actually prevented uh, France to attack me in East Africa beyond where he managed to get to or for me to be able to attack him and vice versa around North Africa and similarly around the whole border between um, Italy and normal Italy and France. Were there any powers that started off a bit more powerful than others that you felt was an unfair advantage? Or? I don't know, I have to go back and have a look at the map. The to start. Oh, that's right, you always do those things correctly, you know what buttons to press. Okay, so France starts sort of spread out across this oh, territorial outholds. Britain in, started uh, really strong, so that's what normally happens in this particular variant. Britain and Holland started strong. They normally just start very strong. Well, on paper, but they're spread out. Yeah. I mean, Holland always inevitably ends up getting kicked out of Europe, but then they've got this massive colonial empire where they can just kind of start... Oh, sorry. Depending on what happens between Britain and Holland, if one yep. starts attacking the other, they can take the other one out very, very quickly, and then they're pretty much undisputed rivals... Sorry, undisputed heavyweights in their local areas for quite a while. And Germany did a good job too early on. So Germany starts with um, territory in Dar es Salaam, which is on the east coast of Africa, and Cameroon on the west, as well as a swath of territory in Germany itself and an outpost in, um, in uh, East Papua New Guinea. England starts with Hong Kong, of course, I suppose. Um, how accurate is that? Actually That's having accurate. a German... Really? I was unaware that that was... Yeah. The Germans had the northern part of New Guinea and also some of these islands around uh, immediately off the east coast of um, New Guinea. Some of them like they're called Bismarck Island. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring up a new little Google map thing. Huh. So that was like originally a German colony, and that was actually where the, some of the first Australian action in World War One happened was in New Guinea. Well, I realised that, but I didn't realise it was against the Germans. Yes. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. Who else would they be fighting? Japan. Talk Japan about was it. on our side in World War One. Oh, World War One. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Talk about something that they don't really teach us in school. I had no well, idea. They're, they're pretty small battles. Anyway. So, nice little map. I've seen this happen again and again and again, where Russia just gets bumped up really, really quickly. Well, he's, you know, he's bordering one, two, three, four, five, six-ish, seven, really. It's deceptive, because on the map you go, oh, he's so big. But, yeah, he's got so many potential enemies. He's not really um, in a corner position either, is he? No. And visually, he looks large and omni. Om, 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 omnipresent? Threatening. Huh? Omni. Om, oh, what is, what's the word I'm looking for here? I know, what are you trying to say? Looming. So, oh. Um, All powerful? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, 1885, not a bad variant. Yep. I guess, um... How did the sea territories play out of it? Alright. I didn't see any major issues with, um... Uh, stalemate lines or anything like that, that's what you're saying. We had some stalemate lines formed, but... Given time, you could probably work around them, but most people didn't bother doing that, which Drew and said. Okay, and you drew with five players left in the game? Yeah, about that. Who pushed for that? Well, I think everyone was. Uh, you have to double check. I thought maybe it was a. Um, you couldn't see who was putting in draw orders. Yep. But um, I think it wasn't until France decided to um, draw that it ended up finishing. And that was because I started making, sorry, started improving my position in the Western Mediterranean against it. Oh, I see, okay, yep. Okay. How many games do you win at the moment, Andy? Only three. Oh, three on VDIP and one on the Diplo Lab. Which is the Punic Wars. Yep. <coughs> so that would be the... Um, the two known world games. No, you got Budokan. Dead. Okay, one known world game. Yep. Um, I know, do you want me to check? Okay. I am in. Are you still active in that World War Four game? No. Oh, I think I'm actually only in two games, technically. I've signed up for one for um, known world game nine. That hasn't started yet. I'm only in the Pirates game and um, Lone Wolf game 8. But then, you know, I'm trying to actually spend a bit of time getting you know, these other variants up and running. So you're not being totally inactive. Oh, in and, and also, I put up my hand to be a tournament director for the 1066 tournament. Oh, bravo. When's that starting? Uh, after Christmas. So what's the... Um, it was meant to start earlier than that, but I'll go through some fuck off. 
So what's the premise of that? It's, it's a, um, you know, everyone plays the same country twice, is it? Yeah, so there's nine players in the tournament. Yep. I think everyone, play, I have to double check what the rules are. Everyone plays the same country twice amongst their little group. And then whoever wins that group um, goes on to the final, which then is a amongst the uh, the winners of the three um, rounds. Okay, which means how many games is played? Um, uh, oh. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> is it twenty-four? Righto. Okay. I can't put my name. I'll organise this. And um, yeah, just need to kind of work out what I'm doing. I'll just actually rephrase that. I just have to actually read what everyone agreed. How are you going to assign the countries? Well, everyone will have the same countries twice. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Oh, you mean it's like from the point of view of who plays rankings? who? Yeah, no, no, no rankings, but who plays who? I mean, I probably put rankings together with those who are actually really good against those who are really good and those who are bad against people who are bad. According to the rankings. Good group, medium group, bad group. Unless you think, oh, this needs to be good, bad, medium, good, bad, medium, good, bad, medium. Well, why not that? Oh. That'd be a bit more fair, wouldn't it? Everyone's got a chance to have a flunky. And it's a gunboat. It's all unrated anyway. I had, um... I earlier today, Argentinian Empire was trying to convince me to go into a uh, World War II tournament. Oh, yeah. I saw that being advertised. No, I nah. World War II's a... Three player one, is it? Two player. Five player. Five player. But the hard part about that, when I said, oh look, I've got a bit, a bit too much on it, I'm trying to get these other, you know, variants up and running. I said, oh, I won't start for a while. Mm. I said, is it rated or unrated? I said, unrated, went now, man. Not too many unrated games. Okay. I need to work on my rating. For those of who are out there who care about ratings, Ambie is one of them. <laughs> Actually, one thing for your um, your Christmas present, <laughs> I was trying to find, and I couldn't find it, like a book or something like that, of like lists of, you know, top hundreds of various things, all of which, oh, yeah. you, were, all of which you weren't in. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't find that, so I got something else. Would you right. like your little present now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, so like last year, we've got to each other a small, less than ten dollar presents. Yes, for Christmas. Yes. So, uh, Kata, happy Christmas. Thank you, Amby. Amby, happy Christmas. What have we got here? So, what's Kana got? It's a clock. Why have I got you a clock, Kana? Why have you got me a clock? because you NMR too much, so this way it's an alarm clock and you'll be able to set it so then you can't miss out your turns. Okay. <laughs> Keep track of what's going on. Okay, yeah, no, I've got some batteries fair. for you too if you need them. 
Oh, or you can use them for something else. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you. Appreciate it. And from Tana, I have. Wow, it's a little stress ball globe of the world, except the whole world is just Australia twice. That's pretty awesome. Well, you know, I know you get stressed when you're playing games. So. It's not get stressful. That's a good thing. Oh, a second thing. Oh, there's a couple of things in there. Oh, fuck. Batteries. Is that for the, uh, yeah, the, that's record? the recorder? I so, might give yeah. you one of those for your clock. <laughs> and, oh. Here we go. The Playboy Winner's Guide to Board Games. Is that a dip map there? That is a diplomacy map. Ooh. Yeah. Why, why are you giving this to me? Shouldn't you have this? Oh, you no, no, no. You need it more than me, I think. I think I'll give it back to you. You need it more than me. No, 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 no. The best country to have in diplomacy if you're a novice at the game. Oh, that's for you. That's for you. <laughs> My gift to you. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah what yeah. do they say? England? Uh, uh, Turkey, Turkey, I believe, is what they sort of say. But there's a whole heap of other games in there too. You know, once upon a time, Playboy was, um, you know, actually had literature in it. Wow. So where have they got diplomacy under? Pure war games? No? Uh, Multiplayer conflict games? They've got Machiavelli diplomacy. Machiavelli there. I don't know how many other games you've Does this, of, this uh, come from your bookshelf or you went down to the shop and bought it? No, it comes from my bookshelf. Yeah, okay. It's been sitting there for a while and I thought, no, I'll share the love and give it to uh, someone else who would appreciate it. So, what's the main... Let's see, just quickly skipping through the diplomacy section. What's the crap about Here risk? Oh, oh, this is... <laughs> I should have known. The book actually, when you open it up, it naturally falls to the diplomacy page. <laughs> to the extent that the actual binding has started coming apart from the spine. <laughs> and there are highlights. Kana's highlights. Oh. Learn from the master, Andy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's actually, it, it's actually a fascinating bit of history, you know, at this point in time. When was this book published? Was from when Playboy actually published published books. Books yeah. rather than just porn. 1975 was when it was first published. And this particular version was published in 1979. Yep. Well before the internet. So it's actually a fascinating bit of history in the diplomacy um, side of things because it could have been a very different world had the internet not happened and had you know the early pioneers of the postal game world not been so active in running these games. It oh. could have just been one of those games which disappeared off the face of the world. And well, there's games yep. in this book which no longer exist. No longer exist. Oh, okay. So I like not the opening paragraph, the second opening paragraph which you've highlighted explaining what diplomacy is all about. The basic idea quote the basic idea has a simple elegance of a knife blade. You put seven people around a map board of pre-World War I Europe, explain that only one player can survive and then turn them loose. <laughs> Thereafter, they're free to manoeuvre, negotiate, make alliances, break alliances, deal, double deal, double cross, triple cross, lie, betray, plot and eavesdrop to behave, in short, just like their political counterparts in real life. 
There are just enough rules to lend the game some, rese- some semblance of order. Players can break promises, but not the rules. There you go. Very good. There's a lot of highlighting here, um, Kana. I you must have wanted to learn a lot. Was the one who did highlight no, those? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. If I was, not. you'd see more in Austria-Hungary because I suck at that. But um, no, no, no. You've got no highlighting against any of the, the actual seven countries, which explains this you because you know, it's all around variants. It's not around <laughs> about playing classic. It's got Machiavelli. Machiavelli, there. which is what I used to play. I played once in uh, uni. It was really good. It's just like diplomacy, but more Italian. <laughs> There was actually a game in there I, um, I deliberately chased down once. I saw that and I thought, oh yeah, I've got to get hold of that one. Um, it's called Twixt. Sorry? Twixt is the name of it. And I was just reading through it. And it's, it's kind of like Hex, where you have, you're, you're playing on a square board or Hex. It's like a hexagon board. Yeah. And the idea is you're going one direction. You have to make an unbroken line from one side of the board to the other. Whilst okay. your opponent is going from the other side of the board across ways. Right. So there can only be one winner, and that's one that blocks your opponent's moves essentially, and you break, you make an unbroken line. Quite like Hex as a kid, you know, it's one of those weird okay. ones that the um, old man got. But... It's interesting. Quite a lot of things here from Avalon Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the board game area. Gary Gygax involved with some of them, I think. I'm kind of thinking, I wonder to what extent, you know, literally, back in the 50s and the 60s, people would get together for a nice little game of diplomacy yeah, a game or, of diplomacy or a game of um, Risk or Machiavelli or... Well, obviously there's enough of an interest in it to make a book. Well, yeah. A lot of good stuff in here, folks. Yep. Anyway, it's been sitting on my bookshelf for a long while. I thought you'd have it. And, you know, because you're a stress pig, I gave you the stress ball. You didn't give me the, um, that, that other guide to diplomacy. No, you're not getting that one. No. The one was about $400. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Very good. Was so, there anything else you wanted to touch on off? Or? Well, what else do we do at, at um, Christmas? We also talk about the year in review. Okay. I'm for you. Yeah. So, hang on. I'd need another beer. Oh yeah, I need there another wine. Yep. Okay. So, oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Buying each other's <laughs> yeah. our own wines. All right. Do you want to get me something? Yep. Yeah, I'll get you something. Hold on. Righto. Here we go. One more time. And another. we're back. Here we go. Uh, still got the Boston Lager. I'm still on the Boston Lager. It's not not a bad drink at all. Okay. Well, if you, you like something, you stick to it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to change it too much. So, year in review. Yeah. Um, I haven't got the figures, but like how many in total? But I thought I'd ask you, over the last 12 months within the podcast, where do you think our listeners come from? Top 10. Oh, top 10? England? USA. Yes, yes. England and USA is number one and number two. Okay. Righto. Number uh, USA is number one. Yes, by a country mile. How many? How many listeners? We're at about seventeen hundred and seventy-five downloads from America. Hey, that's cool. Very cool. 
to our American listeners. Yes. Cheers. Freedom. And, uh, <laughs> freedom and independence. Freedom and independence, yeah. Wow, so yeah, happy Christmas, you guys. So, so they're about 60% of our audience. For real? For real. Wow. And um, Must be our, our winning accents or something. UK's around about almost 9%. It's a big gap. Yeah, right. Okay. That number one, number two. Who do you think's number three? Oh, God knows. New Zealand? Not let on the top ten. Not New Zealand. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Australia. No, no Australia's number, number four at about 6%. Okay, so not Canada. Canada's number three, 7%. Yeah, almost 8%. Yeah. Bravo, Canadians. Love you guys too. So you've worked out the top four. Well done. New Zealand's not in the top four. No, New Zealand's not in the top four. Do we have any New Zealand listeners? Yeah, we've got some. Um, there's 14 downloads from New Zealand over the 12 months. Good on you, fellas. Yeah, good one, bro. Good one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come over here, I'll buy you some fish and chips, eh? So, no, I don't mind. Oh, good, good. Nice so the top four are pretty easy to pick. Okay, yeah, right. The question is the other six. Oh, there's six other countries. Oh, yeah, top ten. All right, so one of them's New Zealand. No, they're not in the top ten. I already told you that. Oh, okay, not in the top ten. Uh, South Africa? No. No. Uh, are you counting Ireland, Scotland, Wales? No, that's just the UK. That's UK, all together. Right. That's already done. Right. Um, let's see. Oh. Who's next after Australia? Number four. Think about some of our Germany. Ooh. Have we got Germany on there? No. Huh. Germany's in fact 15th. But it's on there. We're getting some hits from Germany. We okay. are. 18 downloads from Germany. Uh, about France. We're getting any. Can I just put Europe into a big hole? No, you can't. Bunch? No, okay. So you, if you want to give up, you can give up. Oh. But no, France isn't in the top ten, and I can't even see them on the list. They're like, oh, they're like way, way, way down. Oh God, Jamaica. We got anyone from Jamaica? No man. <laughs> no, no man. Jamaica, no, no, man. Jamaica. Okay, no one from Jamaica. Right. Um, how about anyone from Tasmania? I think that's technically Australia. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Um, Hong Kong. Nah, I'm gonna have to China. Just, nah, I'm gonna have to draw a line under here. You're just you're grasping at straws now, Kana. I am. Okay. Number five on the list is Italy. Italy! Because yeah, hey, all those Italy. guys in Italy that keep listening yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, of course. All those conversations about Renishmiento, it's all paid off. Bravo, bravo. Bravo, va bene. <laughs> 52 downloads from Italy. Awesome. Okay. Next one I was surprised at, number six, Japan. Hey, that's cool. 34. 34 from Japan. 34 from Japan. Arigato. Is it? And then, almost more surprisingly, Finland, 27. Finland? Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. How are you guys going up there? Pretty cold up there right now. Right? Yeah, it's not like here where it's fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> I, um... I've been on the border between Norway and Finland. I haven't actually been to Finland. We've been on the border, that's close enough. Yeah, I've also been on the border between Norway and Russia. But like anyone's on the border between most places when you cross the border. 
Yeah. They're big guy on a land border. Anyway, Finns. Great people. Yeah, you know, they've got this thing in, in, in winter where they break the ice, they jump into the ice, into the cold water. There's all the polar bear. Drag themselves out of it and run up to a sauna and get warm in a sauna. And then they do it all again. Once they're warm, they run down, jump into the ice, water, get out and go back to the sauna. Those crazy fins. Nuts. Nuts. Anyway, okay. Number right. eight and nine are both European countries um, that are, I suppose... Eight and nine, but not Germany or France. No. Italy's gone. No. Uh, Scandinavian? Scandinavia's a region, it's not a country. Yeah, but is it part of that? One of them's from the broader Scandinavian countries. So oh, Denmark? Yes. Oh, okay. I wonder who's... That one's just down the road from Denmark, but not in Germany. Sweden. Netherlands. Netherlands. That's not Scandinavia. And number 10, which is like a bit of a bizarre one, I think. Brazil. Iraq. Iraq? Hi, Iraq. Iraq. Wow, how many you've listened to in Iraq? 22. 22? 22 downloads over the year. Okay. So whether there's like American GIs who are still stationed over there who like playing diplomacy and they kind of just tune in. Yeah, how's that happening? Yeah. Drop us a link, guys. I mean, serious, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. How, how is this being listened to in Iraq? I want to know. Yeah. That just blows my mind. How cool is that? You know, how cool is it that anyone actually just wants to listen to, you know... Our shit. Our shit. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. rabbiting crap. You know, I think that's fantastic. So, hey, 2017, that's great. So, uh, year in review, last time around, we also took a round about our books and what we've listened to. And I've kind of... Uh, fortunately, books. I tend to now rely on my Kindle to tell me what I've read. You're onto the Kindle. I, I, I often listen to books... Audio. I, I, I listen to them. Right? I find I can continue doing. Oh it. yeah, yeah. I drive to work. I'm listening to an audio book. You know, I'm, uh, I might be, um, you know, doing some drawing or painting or whatever. You know, part of the you know that fine art stuff. And yep. I'm listening to a book. I can do go for a walk with the dog and I'm listening to a book. I find that's a, a it's a nice way to still be reading. But be active in other areas. Yep. Yeah. Um, things where, things that, where you're on autopilot. Yeah. yeah when you're driving a car, yeah, 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 making yeah, yeah, yeah. something, dinner yeah. or whatever. So it's not high level cognitive stuff, but at the same time, it's uh, yeah, you're still getting that reading. I found university destroyed me in, in in a lot of what I read. Right. Um, I used to be. Before I went to university, uh, very much a science fiction, fantasy, and enjoyed reading that genre. And by uni, uni being uni, the nature of what they require you to read, you know, your journal articles, your books that are subjects with, yes, I know, yeah, things like yawn, um, kind of really killed that element of me that just relaxes to reading to relax oh yeah in bed reading a fantasy book and so when I do read I read non-fiction now I'm not sure if I've spoken to you about this before but no, I, I don't think so it. yeah I don't know that's what uni did to me bastards so I get my science fiction through reading my you know 
listening to it, but I get my um, reading fixed by reading sort of more non-fiction stuff. How do I get onto that? I'm I have no shit. idea. That's but what anyway. happens when you're onto your third point. What so, do you? Yeah. So, has there been anything that you've read this year that's been you know useful for a diplomacy player? Yes. Okay. It's not the book you gave me. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read. Kane is going through his little knapsack thing, backpack. Two books actually. And the first book I read this year, which was a very interesting read, is that because it's so small and won't take you very long to read? Yeah, it, it, it's it's part of the very short introduction series. Okay, never heard of that. Anyway, well, basically the series, you know, that you might get a very short introduction on philosophy, right. or a very short introduction on uh, Renaissance art. So it, it takes a very specialised subject and gives you a very short introduction. Um, on that subject. Yep. And this one, uh, in particular, uh, I found fascinating because it's sort of—it's it, a very short introduction about the large chi- bookstore chain that went bankrupt called Borders. Borders. Yeah. But it's actually like a physical border. Oh, okay. Wrong borders. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it goes—it it goes into the historical um, element of what borderlands were okay you know how borders between peoples were perceived in history not just now and the physical temporality or the, the, the physical um, notion of what a border space is today right you know and and we, we go through them every day we go from public land to private land by virtue of going through a border yep. which is the door you know and it talks about all that aspects too at borders and and as as a short book, which I felt really interesting on the topic of borders, because what is diplomacy but the negotiation of borders? Yes. Can I have um, some of yours, please? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, it, it was a really uh, interesting read and quite a quick read um, by Alexander Diner and Joshua Hagen as part of the very short introduction and its borders, published by Oxford Press. Very good. It looks like a, it's. it's um, looking at it now, it's like a little handbook. It's got lots of um, lots of highlighting, just like we had in the diplomacy uh, in the Playboy book. Um, it's a short read, as Kana said, only about 120 pages. Very interesting. That was yeah. one book. It's one book. Do you want to go through your second, or do you want me to go through my first? Uh, go, 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 go through your first, because you've got a couple there, I can see. Oh yeah, but some of these aren't relevant. Um, so the one that there's nothing that really stood out to me. I think I mentioned last year I wanted to read something around, uh, like an autobiography or a biography around Bismarck. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Never got around to that. No, no. didn't get to Bismarck. No, no. But I did read the uh, a biography around um, Theodore Roosevelt as president. Okay. Called, called yeah. Theodore Rex by Edmund ha- uh, Morris. And yes, whilst Roosevelt never got into any wars. Theodore, not Franklin. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might have mentioned earlier in the year when I've been reading this around this idea that at one stage there was almost a, um, a, a fight that occurred between America and Germany around Venezuela of all places. Oh, God. Where Venezuela was effectively going to default on its debt and a lot of its debt was held by German creditors 
and the Kaiser was going to send his fleet all the way from you know, Germany over to take over Venezuela because they defaulted on their loan. And bastards. Yeah. And basically, <laughs> Russell said, hey, you know, this is how you remember Monroe Doctrine. You don't come, come in our area. And if you did. This is so our pond. I think Get I kind of mentioned at the time the idea yeah. of a theoretical war that never happened between okay. Germany and, and America over Venezuela. So that was an interesting one okay. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how many words is that? Like, sorry, no pages. Oh, fuck. I don't know. No big one, was it? Um, I don't know. It doesn't really tell me. It's all oh, the, regardless. It's all electronic. It, was, it was a big fucker. It was a good read? It was a good read, long read. But how, how do you find reading off a Kindle? Uh, it's good, except for if one asked me how many pages it's got. I can't really tell you. You can't sort of flick to a random page either, can you? It's, uh... No, not really. Come on, fucker. Anyway, so that oh, was way, one. Yep, yep. yep. Um, another one that I've recently read, which I didn't finish. I got 40, 39% of the way through. Okay. And it was called Musashi. Musashi. Which is the guy that the Book of the Five Rings is based around in Tokugawa, Japan. So this was during my um, Sengoku phase of diplomacy. Ninja Samurai. Ninja Samurai thing, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Who's it by? Uh, Iichi Yoshikawa. Okay. That being said, I didn't get through it because at some stages it was quite exciting, at other stages it was fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Well, do you recommend that one or? Uh, no. No. Um, and I tried also reading, I've actually started reading recently um, Dirt, the um, Erosion of Civilizations, which has got oh. nothing to do with that diplomacy, but if you're actually interested in diplomacy and some of like the old ancient maps and ancient world and history, it actually yeah. deals with why the Middle East is just so fucked up now, because they've effectively got no land to grow anything on, and why? Who's that boy? Um, some dude. Oh fuck, can't tell. Go to. It says dirt, Cover. the erosion of civilization. David R. Montgomery. Huh. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I re- I, yeah that, all that, that, that stuff's really interesting to me, you know, like Brian Fagan stuff. Um, same, same with. Uh, what, what's its name? Um, Guns, Germs and Steel. Well, that's that's the other Jared one. Diamond. So, you know, so uh, Guns, Germs and Steel is one that I've downloaded to um, read this... No, sorry, 2018. Definitely recommend reading it as opposed to listening to it. Ah. I tried listening to it and it just... Jesus, it's really difficult to listen to because it actually does go into a lot of depth in statistics and things. It's really hard to listen to statistics. Yep. Um, but reading it, you can digest that quite quickly and it's uh, a so, really good book. So yeah. that's one of my books to read for 2018. Yep. Uh, and Collapse I, is another one that he's written that's quite nice. worth What's that about? How societies collapse, oh. essentially, or they choose not to. He's, he's making a distinction in um, resource management of... Uh, civilizations. So yep. you know, he draws a uh, parallel between um, the Norwegian or the Viking diaspora that was in Greenland, how they survived there for many, many, many years, but then disappeared. And why was it that they disappeared? 
they were quite an advanced level of um, cultivation going on. Okay. Uh, that was just what happened to them. Yeah, same, same with, well, actually, they he, he, he sort of says it's more along the line of resource depletion um, with the Inuit coming in and pressuring them um, on resources, and they didn't eat fish. They didn't eat fish? No, so there's something about their religious or social structure that so surprisingly... So fish oil and everything? Well, there's the, the fish stocks. Yeah. yeah. There's fish all over the place in the water, but they wouldn't eat fish. There's, there's no bones in the in the middens of the, the, the Greenland laws. Okay. So, so why was it that they didn't eat fish? So it's so a it's cultural a, reason. It's a cultural reason going okay. on there. We don't know what it was, but it's a similar way as to, you know, you probably feel uncomfortable eating whale or horse. Yeah? Uh, I don't know. I never had whale. Whale's nice. I ate that in Norway. But, but for most of the Western cultures, eating well, whale might be a... Yeah, why is it? Why would we say, oh, no, I don't want to eat that? Or eating a dog. Why do we... Oh, no, I don't really feel like eating dog. Thank you. But Vietnam but and China... Vietnam, China, cool. you know, Korea, it's fine. Yeah. So what is it culturally that leads to these sort of things? And then there's um, resource exploitation and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually... Um, it's, it's a good read. It's, it's very readable... Um, very accessibly readable. So definitely recommend that one. Yeah, and I, I do mean to try to find a decent book either about Bismarck, uh, Talleyrand, or Metternich because they're all pretty awesome diplomats that we can learn a thing or two as diplomacy players. The other one I came across this year, oh. Francis Fukuyama, um, The Origins of Political Order. Um, some of you guys might be familiar with Francis Fukuyama. He wrote a, um, a piece about the, the end of history. So when when the Soviet Union collapsed, he got caught up in that just zeitgeist of yep. excitement, and you know this is the end of history as we know it. The liberal order has, you know, won, and, and he's since sort of redacted a lot of that stuff. But this is a very interesting analysis. It's one of two books. Uh, this one's the origins of political order, and the other one is. Um, um, political order and its structural decay or something along those lines which is also another read which I read this year as well um, but as, as thinking behind what it is that lends power to politics and what it is about politics that society has chosen to give it legitimacy, it's actually quite an in-depth thinking of that under that background structure that, that goes into that what it is that we live in, what it is that society gives okay. politics to be uh, strong. So, you know, that's the other one I read. That's good. Um, I was kind of, I read a similar book, probably not quite as up to date as what you're talking about there through the French Revolution, but um, it was called Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by Yuval Noah Karari. I got 52% yeah. of the way through it and went, ah, this is getting fucking boring now. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they do that. They um, do. Pro Magnon by Brian Fagan. Brian, yeah, Brian Fagan. It's, it's a really interesting look at our prehistoric history. Ah. And he's a really entertaining read. But it's a, I don't know. 
in a way that you're learning all the time. It's, yep. There's no downtime to it. Yeah. Maybe what we need is like some type of Stone Age diplomacy variant. We all start off in the middle of Africa, and there's all these, not, not supply centres in the sense of cities, but like resources or whatever like that. They're all around the world, and you're kind of competing. How do you fucking get all the way over there? Maybe start off as, you know, these different human variations, whether there's Homo sapiens or Neanderthals or... We'd have to start, we'd have to do it on a map with a lower sea level. Yes. We'd have to start at well, like that. is that what it was like? Well, yeah, they got to, they got to North America, oh, yeah. you know, it's like the... the oh, yeah, the and, 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 um, and Australia. Australia, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know uh, I do wonder how much human history is actually underneath the oceans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, humans would have gone along the coast. I don't see... It was actually, I think, I can't remember if it was in dirt or somewhere like that, where they actually talked around that whole idea of, you know, when it comes to archaeology, we kind of refer to all these, you know, digs that have obviously occurred on land, but a lot of the land that humankind used to live on has since been taken over by the sea. Yeah, I mean, you think about, like, human reason, how, how human would have expanded, like, it just makes sense, you know, we, we would have gone along the... We would have gone along the coastline, yep. and then you know they would have set up a village, and then that village would have overpopulated, and then they would have sent people further along that coastline. They would have hit a river, or gone up the river, which is where we hit our archaeology, and they would have gone down the river, and then yep. they're expanding along the, the coastline. It would have happened really quick when they would have learned when they learned you know fishing techniques. Really, yeah. this is space of a few generations. It would have gone a long way. Look how fast the Mongolians travelled. I mean, yeah, they were on horses. But, um, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Like, maybe there were boats. Or, I don't know. We could have made it make a very interesting alternate history there. Yeah. Well, I can see the variants called Ugg. Thug. Ugg. Ugg. Ugg and Thug. Ugg and Thug. Anyway. Anyway. Have, have we got anything else to get through? I don't have anything else to get through. Do you? No, nothing. You can't wait for another time for another drink. Other than saying Merry Christmas to our loyal listeners. And we'll make sure this one actually comes out before Christmas. Bravo. Well done. Okay. See you folks. See ya. Bye.